Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. All right, here we go. Welcome back to another What to Do When, a dummy's guide to the legal verse. What are we talking about today, Scott? Well, we're going to talk about what to do when your gun rights have been taken. Okay. Uh, in Virginia, what, I mean, when are your gun rights taken from you? You know, there's, again, we're going to be real general in this podcast because this is a very, very nuanced kind of place in the law. But basically, we're talking about felonies. And as you know, there's state felonies and there's federal felonies, there's violent felonies, there's nonviolent felonies. So that's part of the equation. If you've had a mental health issue, likely your gun rights are restored. I'll come back to that. Protective orders, if you're under a protective order, you don't have the right to possess a gun. Um, If you're here illegally in the United States, you can't possess a gun. That too, yep. I didn't know about this one. I forgot about this one actually, I think, is a dishonorable discharge. If you've been dishonorably discharged, you have, you do not have the right to bear arms. But okay. the big one we see and a big one I wanted to kind of key on a little bit is mental health issues because I think people really misunderstand this. There, This was kind of added to the law over the last few years and it is really, really broad. Yes, so, it is. And most people don't understand it. And I'll give a, quick example and this is well let me back up a little bit i don't want to jump over real quick but what we're trying to talk to you about is there are many avenues to get your gun rights back and you have to know what it is you were convicted of or what your issues are before you walk into that store and try to purchase a gun we talked about this in an earlier podcast i mean what kind of what kind of issues you're going to run into when you try to walk into that store when you when your rights have been uh, well when your rights have been taken from you? Yeah, or if you don't even know your rights have been taken, and that's a big one, and that's kind of why we wanted to focus on this a little bit and re, uh, reiterate some of the stuff because you know a lot of people don't realize that. I'll give you an example: you get you have an alcohol or drug problem problem, and you get TDO'd some weekend because temporarily restrained in a mental health facility is what I'm talking about. But if you get put away for that weekend and you think no big deal, you come out and try to purchase a firearm, guess what? You can't. And I've had so many clients or the other side of this is when they had a civil restoration by the governor, Mm -hmm. it doesn't always include the gun rights. And some people thought, oh, I had my voting rights restored. They run in the gun store to get a gun and all of a sudden they find out, oops. right. And remember, picking up the gun <laughs> to look at it in the store, you've possessed a firearm. That's right. Uh, and Scott, the stuff that you're talking about that the governor has the right, to, when you are convicted of a felony, uh, you lose your civil rights. And so those civil rights are gonna be your right to vote, your right to serve on a jury, right to uh, serve in office, um, become a notary public, and then lastly, you know, have your right to uh, to possess a firearm. And so when your rights are restored by the governor, the governor has the sole discretion in this state to restore the civil rights of the citizens of the Commonwealth of Virginia. However, uh, when he restores those civil rights, the one thing that is gonna be left out almost every single time is your right to possess or transport or own a firearm. And so that's the one thing. So when your rights are restored, that's great. 
but but realize that that doesn't mean that you can now go out and try to purchase or, or possess a firearm. And I have had that very case where my guy was such a model citizen, it, it broke my heart. Uh, he had he was probably 60 or 70 years old and you know, he had trouble when he was 18 years old, had a couple felonies, but he lived a model life from there on and finally got his rights restored. He waited even a few years, five or six years after that, and then decided they were traveling across country and doing some hunting. He decided to get a gun and lo and behold, what he had thought happened had not happened and he was facing the charge. Right. And that, yeah, I mean, we see it. I mean, it feels like it's almost every week now, but where somebody goes to Greentop or to Cabela's or wherever it is they're going and they, you know, thought that they had their rights had been restored and maybe like in, in the case of your client, you know, had been restored years before, uh, but still uh, didn't have that one right restored. And so now he's looking at a felony charge. Yeah, it's, it's really serious. And, you know, and the thing is, it kind of snowballs. Now you have a felony, now you have another felony conviction. So, you you know, you're it's really harder to get your rights restored. One of the things I've learned in this process, and if you do get that can charge of purchasing a firearm, make sure you come talk to somebody and talk about during the time before your trial, trying to get your rights restored. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. do that. Um, that's a big thing we do here at um, Chrysler Cardani is we try to get your rights restored before you can go to court. And then you say, judge, you didn't realize that his rights are restored to buy that gun now. And judges will often look at that pretty positively. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a and like I th I, cases also when people lose their driver's license. Exactly. I mean, one thing that you try to do every time there's a driver, like uh, somebody driving on a suspended driver's license, get that license back. You know, you yeah. come back before the judge with your license. In this case, come back before the judge with your rights restored. The judge is going to look at it a little bit differently than if you just do nothing at all. Absolutely. So look, and what we're trying to say here is that just because you've lost your rights doesn't mean you can't get them restored. Certainly. And every case is different, but I'm telling you, if you've had any trouble in your life, don't just go try to buy a handgun no. or a firearm. Check it out first, but- Do your due diligence. Do your due diligence. There's ways that we can help you get them back if it's possible. There are some people who, it's, for whatever reason, like a violent felon, it really amps up the, the ladder so to speak, to get it. And if you have federal charges, you have to go to federal court to get your rights restored. And so people need to know that. But the point is you can do it. And if that's a big deal to you, which, you know, your Second Amendment right for some people is a big deal. It's a big deal to me. So, you know, you've got to realize that you can do that. So, well, what do you do when somebody comes to you to get their rights restored? Well, first thing I ask, you know, is what, they're, what they were convicted of, when, when it was and what they were convicted of. Uh, because that's going to determine really what our steps are moving forward. Um, additionally, you know, if, if somebody has been committed for, you know, a mental health issue or deemed incompetent or insane at the time of an offense or whatever the case may be, acquitted for reasons of insanity, yeah. you know, that's going to change ultimately where you file that petition. Um, from there also, you know, I, I asked for them to do a, I'd get a background check from the state police too, because that's going to be the number one place to go to make sure that you know for, for a fact that you were convicted of a felony, or you were convicted of a non-violent felony, or, or, or a violent felony, for that matter. Does um, the state police have the mental health check on there? That's a great question, Scott. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you're asking me because you know the answer to I it. I don't know the answer to that. I think they have that information because the state police are who checks it, so I do believe it's marked on your transcript. I don't really, I haven't read the transcript really to see where it is, but I'm pretty sure it's on there because what you do when you walk into a gun store, the first thing they do is send your information off to the state police to see if you qualify so they're the only they're the bearers of information so i'm guessing if right. you go get a record check from them that would have that right and i mean as far as the you know um you know incapacitated or in involuntary commitments or all the things that you know like that that stuff i believe is is reported 
by the state to the state police, and so that's going to be on the record as well. Yeah, it'll be in the registry for sure. So, um, but then you have your two different types of petitions because if you're looking at a reason for you know mental health issue, or that was the reason that you've lost your right to um, possess or transport or um, own a firearm, then you're going to file that in the general district court. Yes, sir. And then if it's uh, a felony, or you know, you, and you've had your rights restored uh, by the governor, because that well, I guess I got ahead of myself. But that's always the second or third question. Well, have you had your civil rights restored yeah. by the governor? Because he's the only person in the entire state who's going to be able to restore your state rights. If it's a federal, you know, conviction that we're looking at, well, we, then we got to make sure we, we get our rights restored through the federal courts too. Um, but then, you know, going from there, uh, if it's a, a circuit petition, or if it's a circuit petition based on the denial in the general district court. Um, you know, what you're going to do is file with the court, show them that you've had your civil rights restored, and then ask the judge, you know, to, to give you your rights back. And if you've been a good enough citizen over a long enough period of time and you've, you know, done everything that you're supposed to do, in, in my experience, at least in, in you know, the, handling these types of matters, uh, you know, the judges are going to give you your rights back. Not in every case, but in, in a, if, you've, if you've done everything that they've asked you to do, in almost every case that I've had, actually every case that I have had, so far, uh, the judge has been restoring those rights. Yeah, and I think it's jurisdictional. Obviously, sure, if the jurisdiction sure, sure. has a lot more gun violence, it's going to be a little harder hoop. But still, it's your constitutional right. Remember that. Even though you lost it, you have the right to try to get it back. And I think most judges look at it that way. They look at this as important right. And like Will said, behavior, behavior, behavior. You know, if you violated your parole six times or you know things like that, that's gonna that's gonna hurt your chances to get your your gun rights restored. So if you have a mishap, obviously the best thing you can do is live a clean life from there on. And and time is important. I mean, if you get a conviction in 2020 and you're trying to get your rights restored in 2022, it's probably gonna be pretty slim, slim chance, chance of that, of that slim, yeah. of no, slim of any chance of getting it done. So, you know, you need a good five or 10 years of good behavior showing that you're involved in a community, that this was a mistake in your life. That's what they're looking at. Yeah, judge, I made a mistake. And I've corrected that mistake. I am living a good life now. I am, you know, I'm productive, you know. You know, one of the good things is be really involved in the community, you know, get somewhere where you can give back, mm -hmm. you know, and show the judge, yeah, I've been giving back for 10 years, judge. I've been working with the boys and girls home, you know, or whatever it is. That's really important. And it really does show that you've changed your stripes, so to speak, and they don't have to worry about you. The, the biggest thing the judge is weighing is, are right, you've already lost them. Is it worth the risk to give it back to you? Are you in solid enough ground to get them back? So that's what I, that's what they're looking at. I think it's really important that you have a history of, you know, I don't care where it is, but just being involved at doing stuff, having a good life, raising good kids, doing all that kind of stuff. You know, those, those are things the judge looks at. And then the reason you want your rights restored is also important. You know, Self-defense by itself is probably not the best one. Sure. Quite frankly, you know, it's it's a right and you should have that right to self-defense. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, you know, hunting, you know, protection, those kind of things, home protection, those kind of things are a little better. Target but, you know, shooting. I target think. shooting yeah. is a good one. You know, if you like, a lot, a lot of people like to shoot guns, so there's sure. nothing wrong with that. I like to shoot guns. I don't have a problem with that. And I want to say something I probably shouldn't say because it's in the middle of nowhere, but remember bullets don't explode by themselves and bullets in them themselves are not dangerous, but having ammunition, if you're a convicted felon or some of these things can be just as dangerous. So be careful of that. Um, people like to make bullets bad. I mean, I think I could throw a 12 gauge shell across this room as hard as I could and the likelihood of it exploding is zero. Yeah. <laughs> but people don't understand that. People think bullets are bad because guns are bad because 
wait a minute, they're inanimate objects. I guess people are bad. So remember that, folks. I mean, let's get a little bit of a grip on life and keep trucking. But I wanted to talk and emphasize a couple things here as we close. Number one, most likely, if you've been a good productive citizen, you can get your rights restored, even if it's a pretty bad felony. Um, and that's really positive for a lot of people. They Sometimes you feel like your life's over, that you blew it with a felony when you were 18 years old and you know you never have a chance, but man, you have a chance. And even more now so, I think, than any time in history, the right to get yourself back and you know get your civil rights restored and get your firearms rights restored are really open. So, and then the biggest thing you can do is come talk to a lawyer, really. Don't try to do this on your own. There are steps, there's little processes, there's things to know, things not to know. And as Will said, you gotta be in the right court versus the wrong court. So many people file in the wrong court and they get denied and they can't figure out why they got denied. And really they were just in the wrong place. I can't tell you any of those I've seen too, yeah. Um, And I wanna close with one thing, I think. This mental health piece is one we see the most when people get convicted um, because they don't realize that those, if you were under any kind of psychological care you probably should hedge your bets that your rights, you don't have a gun right anymore. Correct. That's kind of how it's going in society right now. So I would hedge your bets against that. And again, but that's a actually usually an easier petition than any because it's in the general district court. Courts are pretty lenient, especially if you had a breakdown when you were 19 years old and sure, you, sure. you've yeah. gotten healthy and you've lived a good, you know, five even five years and that is a pretty good cycle of time to show that well people yeah that become like medication com- compliant and they become you know they level out and they things become a lot more stable than yeah um because those are the ones that you know you always read about in the news where such and such you know was deemed incompetent or was temporarily you know had a temporary detention order and next thing you know he's out buying a firearm slipping through the cracks and i but i think that that's happening a lot lot less now and you need to make sure you know that you are eligible before you go in and try to do these things because that's when you're setting yourself up for further criminal liability. Absolutely. So here's what our point is. You likely can get your gun rights restored. Time and the right attorney makes a difference. Sir. Come see us at Kreiser Cardani, we'll help you and we'll do everything we can to get your rights restored. Thank you. Uh, be sure to see us next time on What to Do When and be sure to also like and subscribe. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What to Do When. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani.